0: head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show enjoy Welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where GW tries to write the script and then we're going to change it. Uh, joining me today is Gerald, welcome.
1: Hello, because fan canon is true canon, <laughs> to, yeah. a, to a degree. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been on the impression if you're big enough and strong enough like an Astartes to defend your lore physically, it is canon.
1: Indeed, indeed. If you just follow like, the two or three rules that GW's laid out, you're good. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so this episode, we've never done one like this, like, not even on Lore Hammer made. Like, we have bitched a lot before, but we've never actually tried <laughs> to solve anything.
1: Yeah, because this this idea actually came to me, like, months ago when the Discord was having its weekly blow-up of Space will suck. No, they're awesome. No, this faction <laughs> sucks. No, they're awesome. Yeah. So I thought, and- what it would be nice if we just actually talked about how to make them not sick or make them more appealable, appeal, palatable. There we go. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. Like uh, this episode is going to be about space wolves primarily. And uh, yeah, some people either just love them or they hate them. You know, it's, it, I feel like this is probably the most polarizing faction. Yeah. Wolves on wolves, wolves all the way down. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Indeed. So we kind of wrote some notes here, and we'll just kind of go through them and uh, kind of share our thoughts. Uh, if you guys are listening and you have thoughts and you want to correct what we're saying, maybe you have a better faction fix than we do. Uh, don't forget to reach out and uh, tell us your ideas.
1: Absolutely. So, I just came up with a list of, like, positives, some negatives, and then just, like, a third grouping of, like, what can we do to make to make it a little bit better, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, the
0: nice thing about 40k is almost any faction, you can latch on to some theme that you like in it. Um, You know, it's the common saying where it's like, you know, you start your first army, and then within a year, you already have four different armies, because it's just like, well, it's all so cool, I need
1: it all. Yeah, that was me. I started with Necrons, then I went to Space Marines, and now I'm looking into Botons, so... (laughs) Vote on that
0: would be a good faction fix. One that one would be very interesting to do.
1: See, I have the codex, but I haven't like completely read through it. So the only other, the only real complaint I've heard was like it, like as soon as the codex came out, like all the rules got nerfed or something like that.
0: Ah, <laughs>
1: classic GW. But 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 again, I don't play the tabletop or don't know enough about it to really comment on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nor I, but. Hey, you know, that's the nice thing about opinions. You, you can still have one. Doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true.
0: All right, let, let's dive into some of the, the positive things about space wolves. Um
1: <laughs> Vikings. Are just cool. kind of ex- yeah, Vikings are cool. <laughs> like I mean I, I mean, who I, wasn't I, a teenager that like thought it was badass or who hasn't played Skyrim and thought it was like badass to be like a freaking viking with axes and glorious beards and
0: you know that sort of (laughs) stuff yeah you're either thinking about the roman empire or vikings one of those two things you're thinking about at least once a day
1: (laughs) how often do you think of the roman empire
0: (laughs) at least once a day I, (laughs) i just listened to this dan carlin hardcore history part podcast and it's called um let me just pull that up. But basically it he's talking about Vikings and stuff and like how they kind of came about and all that. And it's just very interesting. So I feel like I'm right in the mood here for that.
1: Awesome. Uh. <laughs> na, 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 it's loading.
0: <laughs> okay, Twilight of the asier. So Dan Carlin, Twilight of mm. the Sier. Yeah, it's he's he does such a good podcast and it, it, you can draw so much inspiration from it and like clearly GW does the same thing like with history and stuff. You know, you find oh, yeah. you can you find your cool little flare of uh history that then you want to put into 40K. Um you know, like another great example of this is Ultramarines and the Romans, you know, like there's that very distinct mm. tie in where it's it's a knockoff, but you
1: love it. Oh yeah, ultramarines Roman, but also French.
0: <laughs> also French, really. I haven't heard that before. I, I well, I
1: heard I heard one uh, lore YouTuber uh, give that reasoning because Rome is all about red, but ultramarines are blue. What other country has uses a lot of blue for their uniforms? France. And then when you look at the primark Guilliman, some mm. uh, I think he said some people like to pronounce it as Reboot Guilliman.
0: Okay, kind of uh, the French dialect there going on.
1: So, so I'm not sure I 100% believe it, but I can see the merit in it.
0: Yeah, well, I know what I have to do now. I have to go do research on that and pollute my mind with even more 40k stuff. So that's As great. You do. <laughs> that's you do. <laughs> yeah, no, the Vikings are sweet. Like I feel like there are two very distinct types of space wolves, and maybe we'll start here before we kind of go through all of this. Like. There are 30k Space Wolves, and they're kind of like your stereotypical Vikings. And, you know, they have runes on their armor and, uh, you know, it's all about battle axes and beards and stuff. And every now and again, you get a little bit of a sprinkled in of the wolf pelt or, you know, a little bit of that wolf iconography. But it's not as, that's not the theme. The theme is more Viking.
1: Yeah, I heard the 30k Space Wolves are quite a bit different from the 40k kind that we know and love. or yeah yeah even even <laughs> just like
0: not just the way that they they adorn their armor but also even like their mentality and stuff um yeah it, the the next little cool thing we like about space wolves are the wolves are cool like every guy likes wolves every, you know dogs are man's best friend <laughs> so you know you mean, can they're navigate,
1: my favorite they're yeah, they're my favorite animal after, like, the dragon, so...
0: <laughs> Do you think the dragon was a real animal at one point?
1: Hmm, it feels like a loaded question. Maybe yeah. at some point in history what we would imagine as a dragon, maybe, but then it kind of got mutated into, like, kind of like that... Uh, Rayway and I were talking about this before, like that... Uh, Something that actually existed, but then over time and over retelling a story like, it gets mutated and mutated into something completely different. So, like, think of, like, your giant dinosaurs and your lizards or something yeah. that may have actually existed, and then they discover a skeleton So they think, Oh, it must be a big fire-breathing dragon that had, like, six <laughs> wings and flew around burning <laughs> sheep and capturing maidens and hoarding treasures, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. I, I heard this crazy guy trying to, like, scientifically explain how a dragon would actually work and how there's no fossil ev- evidence and why um, like their bones would have been hollow and uh, made of slightly different things for lightweight flying. Um, so then they disintegrate easier. And then another way that they, they were able to fly is they, they had some type of chemical gas build up in their stomach or whatever. Like I forget if it was, you know, helium or whatever the fuck they called it, but it was, a, it, it was a gas that helped them kind of fly, but then they could also actually breathe fire and ignite it. Cause we do have, Animals in today's day and age that can like breathe fire. There's yeah, in like
1: this- some some shape or form, like some kind of chemical compound that burns. Stuff,
0: yeah, you know? yeah. Whether it's like an actual flame, or if it's just like a yeah, like a chemical acid, almost or something, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. we've un- uncovered the secrets of the dragons.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, but now let's talk about wolves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I like I like the whole concept of the wolf and like the animal companion and stuff. And it is kind of funny to think about like, you know, sci-fi warriors having these these wolves that don't have guns or weapons or any way to really deal with stuff, but their their claws are so sharp they can still shred adamantium and stuff somehow. And it's kind of a fun concept. Exactly. The, the wolves are an interesting thing too, because like in 30k you know, there's a very famous line, like, uh, there
1: are no wolves on Fenris. and I've, I've you, heard that line multiple times in the, Lorehammer, <laughs> in the, in yeah. the Warhammer episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and when, and when you, like, kind of unpack it and try to get to the bottom of it, there's, like, rumors that, like, yeah, there actually are no wolves. That they were just, like, genetically altered humans that were originally put there in the dark age of technology. And then they were spliced with, like, wolf DNA to try to help them survive the... The crazy environment that Fenris is Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and I didn't put it I didn't put this in the positive section or the negative section but like if you're a fan of werewolves that's kind of the vibe I was getting to was just like well hey you also have werewolves in space yeah yeah
0: like I I love the wolfen and like if if uh Layman Russ ever came back like he would 100% have to be a wolf werewolf like that would be the coolest loyalist Primarch then
1: Kind of like a, uh, you know, like you know how Corvus Vortex has like his Crow Demon form. Have, yeah. uh, have Lehman Rust come back as like a Odin character, missing an eye, but then be able to turn back and forth into a wolf in at will or something like that. That'd be yeah, cool. That yeah. W- would Would you like?
0: Okay, okay. So, would you prefer if he could turn back and forth at will, or would you like it if he was just like only werewolf form?
1: Okay, I'm gonna meet in the middle and say primarily human form but if he turns into like a wolf form it has to be under very specific circumstances like you know a traditional werewolf like turns at a full moon or whatever it has to be a very specific circumstance for him to be able to turn into it and then be able to turn back yeah yeah but that's just that's just that's just my two cents my wishful thinking on that because of course it's 40k you got to have grim grimdark in some way shape or form
0: well, well, I do like that. Like, I do like the uh, the ability to put a limit on this ability. Um, so he's not just constantly changing every battle and just. I think right, then that right. would become too much. Like, one one thing I worry about with all the primarchs coming back is, you know, then it just becomes so primarch focused, and every, they can just conquer the galaxy again. You get four primarchs together. What's going to stop them? You know, I mean, Um uh, three
1: demon primarchs out now, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but they're they're different
0: they're they're warp banished sometimes and stuff That's you know they don't have the same like uh the same pull um mm-hmm. but yeah like if you had like the werewolf flame and rust it would kind of counteract that a little bit where it's like you don't have this great odin character this wise odin um you have more of the feral kind of he's not leading massive crusades he's not doing that kind mm-hmm. of thing like he's fighting of course he's in the crusade but he's not the mastermind of it all
1: exactly i think it'd be even better or even more grimdark if if he just started take partaking in a bunch of friendly fire just because he's that blood crazed or you know wild feral (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah no i i think that would be cool like
0: if i could definitely kind of like i don't want primarchs back but if he did come back man i would (laughs) love the full werewolf russ that'd be sweet
1: yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time before they bring more back, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Least we can do is just wishful think. Yeah, yeah. God, them, don't man. get me wrong. I love I love Primark lore, because Primark's are awesome. But I do agree with you and what a lot of the other people say, is it's like, there is a lot of hype around them, and then a lot of times that can be a huge lore sink, where or black hole lore, or lore black hole, because it, all the attention is directed towards them, so then it just takes yeah. away from, you know, especially your Zeno's factions and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who don't have any type of like uh, this caliber of hero that can counteract them, right? Because like even if you look at the Eldar, and yeah, they have the Avatar of Cain, who gets his shit kicked out of him every time he goes on the battlefield. Even by like Mm -hmm. Verinius Calgar beats one up. You know, like they're not the same (laughs) tier.
1: The funny thing is, I think I, I think I don't know if this guy knew what he was talking about. Apparently, on tabletop, uh. Gilliman's model would lose to which in a one v one lose to an Avatar arcane model. Like if you actually put them together on the on the tabletop. But I could be wrong, or that guy just didn't know what he was talking about. But yeah, so. interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, a tabletop can be a weird weird thing. Like you know, you get that one special rule where you just ignore Invon saves, and then the other guy's completely fucked. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh positives uh space wolves like to party uh and that's kind of very unique amongst the space marines where it's like they they kind of have this comical edge to them this light-heartedness that can draw you out of the grim dark for just a
1: brief moment so you don't drown in it mm-hmm. and that's what i think that's what makes it work is you have those brief moments of levity and before you're just drawn back in and yeah it's awesome yeah um overall unique identity
0: uh yeah for sure like all all the Astartes legions are you know so different in so many different ways but this one yeah like you could just you can tell the vibe of it you know you don't when you pick up Mm -hmm. the model like if you if you gave a blood angel model to uh somebody who has no idea about 40k and you give them a space wolf model like they're going to understand the concept of Space Wolf very quick, even just by picking up the model. Oh, this guy kind of looks like a pikey. He's kind of got some wolf pelts. Like what's, you know, it, it kind of naturally has that very unique identity that we can all instantly grasp onto.
1: Exactly. And it's just like, for, even for a non-40K player, it's just like, if you put two Space Marines, one of them being a Space Wolf in front of them, like they can easily identify what the Space Wolf is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where a lot of other chapters, like it's, yeah, you got your color schemes, but like, unless you know that color scheme, you're not gonna know the chapter. Right. Yeah. Um, you wrote down decent model range. Um, yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite mini from this
1: Space Wolf range? Um, that's the odd thing. Is like, I'm I'm a casual fan of the Space Wolf, so I actually don't have any of any of the minis, but I'd probably say my favorite would be. I don't know. Bjorn's pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, the rune priests look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, the rune Priest um, are pretty I'm actually in the process of trying to convert a the new Terminator captain that came out for Tenth Edition. I'm trying I'm in the process of trying to convert convert that into a Rune Priest. Okay. For the uh, for one of the listener lores I'm doing for my uh void race chapter.
0: Okay, very cool. Um yeah, the new terminator. Yeah, that would that would make a good one. That'd be cool. Do you have that new librarian terminator model or the captain?
1: Um just the captain.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I wanted I wanted to get the librarian model, but the uh but it was sold out before uh it was sold out when I was looking uh to do the conversion, so but and the and the captain was left, so I was like, well, might as well get that.
0: Yeah. Uh I think my favorite model from the range would probably be like Rock Rockfist, I think his name is. Um, he, he's a Terminator, a lone wolf terminator who has a Thunder Hammer and a Storm Shield, but I'm pretty sure this oh, yeah, guy's like Thor. Cool. Like he has a Thunder Hammer mm-hmm. that he can throw and it teleports mm-hmm. back to his hand.
1: And then uh the Logan Grennar's his is pretty cool, and was it him that's on the uh, sled driven by the wolves? Yeah, was it was it his was his character? Like, I, I just, that's one of that's one of those minis that you either love it or you hate it. But I, I like it just <laughs> because of how r- ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is one of those ones where it's just like it's so 40k, it's so rule of
1: cool, it's so impractical. Absolutely, but it's just <laughs> it's awesome
0: but it's prime 40k miniature stuff um yeah logan on top of it like the actual uh logan model himself is fucking cool
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and the axe and the axe of corn. it was like an axe of corn yeah was a, it, was, it was it was it was a chaos axe that yeah he just, that he wields around but we'll that actually goes into the negatives which we'll cover in, in a little bit but, okay okay interesting <laughs> um inspirations
0: from north mythology like yeah like i said like i like these things where you can instantly kind of know like we all know kind of roughly north mythology mythology you know and we kind of understand the concept of valhalla and you know space wolves have a lot of these same things where you might just slightly change the name like valhalla might be valhalanus you know because it's high gothic but uh you you get it right away all these kind of concepts
1: yeah, and like the the, the chapter homeworld, Fenris. That's that's the giant wolf from Norse mythology, Fenris or Fenrir. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, I think what were the two wolves that uh Layman Russ had? Do you remember their
1: names? I cannot remember for the
0: life of me. Wolves. Let's see, because I'm pretty sure they had some pretty like uh. Fucking Wolfie names, too. Um, I don't, That might just be a hard Google search. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it, though. I won't find it. Fuck it. Somebody else can find it.
1: Becky Bre- and Gary. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Which sounds. You know, sounds. Yeah, sounds. About right, I don't know them,
0: yeah. Maybe, maybe they know
1: them from the mythology because, hmm. because in the mythology, there were two wolves that actually ate the sun and the moon, but they had different names.
0: Mm. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, and they're not really tied together. Just uh,
1: right. I'm drawing
0: lines where there's not actually lines. <laughs> 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 uh, Layman Rust is a Primarch. Uh, he's pretty well written like he he has conflict of character he has goals he has like his own motivations and all that kind of good stuff like I feel like some of the Primarchs you just so like you're just bored with like Rogel Dorn when has he done anything exciting or worthwhile he's yeah. like, you know, there's not much to him he's just a stoic man
1: i hear eric screaming in the comments right
0: now <laughs> <laughs> don't get don't get me wrong we love rogel dorn but like it, it's oh yeah he's awesome man but yeah <laughs> uh there's like the whole like... sorry go for Go it. ahead there's like the whole story arc or kind of meta story where layman russ is supposed to be the emperor's executioner and stuff uh because your Executioner has to be the lo- most loyal guy out there. And, you know, you got wolves, puppies are loyal and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you kind of like this whole concept of, like, all the Primarchs were built for a specific purpose? Like, Magnus was always intended for the Golden Throne. Uh, Layman Russ was I, always intended for the Executioner.
1: Yeah, I heard that theory. And I can, I can buy into it because of how unique each Primarch is and what their special abilities are. Like Corvus, mm-hmm. he's the stealth guy. Comrade Curtis, yeah, like, he's he's the he's space Batman, but with more terrorism. Um <laughs> Vulcan, he's he's the hugger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, yeah, with uh with Gilliman, the being, builder. Yeah, exactly. The statesman. Um Dorn, he's the brick wall that you slang yourself against.
0: <laughs> Sometimes yeah. literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, he's
0: He's got this very unique kind of backstory where, you know, it, it's rumored that he's actually the cause of the two missing legions, or at least one of them. And, you know, it's rumored that he's actually, he he is the Emperor's ex- Executioner. And when these legions go traitor, he was designed to go deal with them.
1: Yeah, I think there was a line in one of the Horus Heresy books where it's just like, I think, uh, I think like Sanguinius or somebody mentioned like, well, no, what if? what if my legion is next to be censored? And then someone says, no, that's unprecedented. And the rest is just like, that's not unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, hinting that, you know, he's had something to do with it before. Yeah. It's
0: just a classic one of those GW gave me just enough information to piss me off, but not tell me what's actually happening.
1: And we love it. (laughs) We love it. I
0: don't know. what, What do you... What kind of appeals to you about Lehman Russ?
1: Um, again, the whole Viking aesthetic, the like he even though he is like he has his bad boy portrayal or whatnot as like one of the emperor's executioners, like you know the whole. I think he does the wolf. He does the wolf thing about overdoing it the way the 40K space wolves do, at least in my opinion. And the yeah. fact he is, despite all of this, he is still loyal to the core. Like, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So. And, um. and just the whole you know everyone's like he is he is in my opinion a fairly for what he is a very well written primark so. yeah i
0: i feel like it like and i feel like he interacts with a lot of different people like obviously the huge interaction with the horse heresy is with him and magnus and uh you know how yeah. how how different would that have been if he didn't go so hard on them you
1: know <laughs> And, and and like you said about the character development, like he has come to regret some of those decisions he made during the heresy. Like yeah. I think like he actually came to realize, well, okay, maybe Magnus wasn't completely wrong about it, but he was he is being such an arrogant dick about it at first. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: like too the direction and how they kind of end his story. Um, like he just goes off into the warp to battle chaos. It's and he, he might be there. He might not. He might come back in the wolf time. He might not. Like, I I love the cliffhanger where it's like, yeah, you, you're you just waiting now for the end times for him to show up. And then you know shit's about to get real.
1: Yeah, see, I like that, but I also hate that. I like it because that's a good cliffhanger to have a disappeared Primark without actively confirming he's dead. Yeah. Um, I hate it, though, because you, just for that – for that very end time mention alone is like okay, we've had the fall of cave. we've had the great rift. Now we've had what's the storyline with Lionel Johns, the arcs of Omen. Like all these horrific things are going on in the galaxy. Yeah, how much, how many more bad things are you going to let happen before before like Russ is like okay, it's the little time. Here we go, let's rumble. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like the galaxy was <laughs> literally ripped in half <laughs>
0: by the warp. Um, seems pretty end times to me.
1: Mhm. I mean, not that I have a problem with Gildan coming back, because yeah, at that time he was the right one to come back of any of them. But it's just like, how many end of how many uh, end times are we going to go through before Russ decides, okay, this is his end time? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, once
0: once the 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 palace, the uh, once Terra gets sieged again, maybe that will be a true end times, and he'll come back and defend like the good little so horse here 2.0 yeah yeah exactly oh great just what we needed
1: <laughs> i need because, i need because a honestly because theory. let's be honest that's what that's that's what they're gearing up for now <laughs> oh god
0: yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like there's just a lot of great space wolf characters like they they just feel a little more relatable a little more human and maybe it's just because of that like kind of party aspect to them and you know their ties with mm. uh, Fenris and how they actually will like hang out with the tribesmen and stuff a little bit and
1: yeah and I think like com- at least compared to the other legions they are more they're a lot they're they're a lot nicer to like your average guardsman or your average human not quite yeah. like salamander's level but you know they're they're a lot nicer to mortals
0: yeah. Well, like, yeah, the one of the best Space Wolf stories is after the first war of Armageddon where Angron invaded Armageddon with a bunch of demons. And they, you know, they had to take a thousand gray knights to banish him. And then the whole planet's corrupted and all the guardsmen and stuff. And the Space Wolves step in against the Inquisition and say, no, 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 we're not going to kill all these guardsmen here. Like, that's that's not going to happen. Like, they fought hard. They don't deserve this death.
1: And that actually kind of leads into one
0: of our next bullet points on the positives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stick it to the inquisition. Yeah. it It's cool because not only does it affect them, but it also gives you kind of like an idea of how Astartes kind of relate to the inquisition. Like the, the Astartes don't owe the inquisition anything. They don't, they're not under the control of the Inquisition. They are their own branch. They can do their own thing. And the Inquisition doesn't even have the power to, like, damn any of these nine big legions, you know? um, It, yeah. it kind of opens up, like, okay, so what what would it actually take? Like, how, how much pushback can you actually do as a chapter? Like, if the Inquisition tries to requisition you to go do something, no, no, you actually can say no. The Chapter Master can say no.
1: We're, we're not doing that as a chapter generally, I think like as a rule, you don't want to do that because and that that pisses off like a huge imperial ally too. So, it's, yeah. it's a very it's a it's a balance from what from what I understood. Yeah, of it all. Yeah, but like I love the Inquisition as a concept, but also I hate them too. I love it, <laughs> and I, I I just like seeing the Inquisition get their shit kicked in every now and then. Yeah, just every now and again. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> mm. Um, as a whole one of the most most loyal chapters in the imperium we kind of touched on that a little bit um just with him being like the the emperor's lapdog the emperor's executioner all that kind of stuff yeah um even even if we look at like uh their gene lineage and stuff i think only one successor chapter or something like that has fallen to chaos of theirs like they they don't really fall to chaos very often
1: right and i think wasn't it, like, the Lost Company, like, one of the great companies that actually followed Russ into the warp or something like that, that ended up falling or something of like that effect? Well,
0: yeah, so, like, the 13th Company, they followed him in there, but they never fell. They just got, like, warp mutated into the werewolves.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so they came back. They're still loyalists and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Yeah, that's kind of why I think, like, yeah, if Layman Russ comes back, like, he has to come back as a wolf in. Like, he has to. hmm that, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. uh, Tabletop, they're pretty cool. Like, they are one of the unique chapters that have their own codex and have had their own codex since probably, like, 3rd edition, I'd say. Uh, And with this comes, like, a bunch of cool stuff. Like, one of my favorite things about them on Tabletop are their veteran squ- squads. I forget what they call them. Wolfguard.
1: Um, sure. Like, Wolfguard or long
0: claws, I think. Something like that yeah i'm pretty sure it's Wolfguard, but like the individual nature of the space wolves where they all want to tell their own great tale their own saga um which mm-hmm. leads into like you get these Wolfguard who one of them might be wearing terminator armor and then the next guy over is wearing scout armor even though he's a veteran of 400 years and you get this squad of a bunch of different heroes put into one thing uh and it's very cool like I just remember some of the wacky weapon combos that people would make, where it's like, okay, we're taking all Terminators, but then one of this guy, and it's just going to take them. Yeah, it was it was fun to mess around with on
1: (laughs) tabletop. And I I heard at least you know some of the earlier editions. I don't know so much about tenth, but but, like I heard that like there were at least of the Astartes armies that you can build, like they were one of the stronger ones too.
0: Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah. They had a bunch of good core special rules and stuff, like you'd get extra attacks and stuff, just right, just you know, that's extra damage for nothing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I I like them. I give them a lot of crap. Um, <laughs> and we're about to get into why. <laughs> yeah. But overall, though, they have the- a- I'll go ahead.
1: overall, they have a lot of cool things going for them but I think let's go ahead and address the giant wolf in the room right now for the negatives and it's to quote text to speech all I ever got from that was wolf, 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 wolf wolf, 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 wolf
0: yeah, yeah the amount of units that are named wolf guard wolf fang, their guns shoot frost wolf ammunition they got their wolf ships it gets excessive
1: yeah And I think that's been the biggest complaint, especially among the Space Wolf haters, is like, they really overuse the the wolf naming thing.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it it just gets a little hard. It would be
0: cool, like, if, you know, like, the Space Wolves, they have their own language, I forget what it's called, but it'd be cool if they kind of leaned more (laughs) into that. So it's not like we're calling them Wolf Guard, we're calling them the... Suriana Guard or you know whatever kind of crazy name they have but it, it just would separate it that little bit while still keeping with it
1: yeah well I think I think in the Lord Hammer episode about the Space Wolves I think you y'all had mentioned like uh their language actually has several different words for several different things but, be, but the Imperium as a whole just translated all to just wolf yeah so yeah. like uh um, you can probably speak more to that but that's the that's the theory I heard y'all talk about and I kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, like
0: I think the easiest example of that would be the Space Wolves, they call themselves like the uh, Volcana Fenradi or something. Let's see if I can find that.
1: Oh, uh, Volta Fenrique.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know. Oh, so then maybe Fenrique is uh, Wolf, maybe. No, no, that wouldn't translate well. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I think were word meant like just the people of this or something like that.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, it, it it sounds more like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be a cool way for GW to kind of get away from just like having wolf guns. You know, we don't need wolf guns. That's so dumb. But if you call them something cool or you call them their, their Rigian name, all of a sudden it could be fucking sweet.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. They can also be pretty Gary Stew. Um. You know, all, all Space Marine. They already are, but these guys take it over the top. Um. You know, they have their homeworld besieged many times. They always bounce back. They they do a bunch of stuff, and it just seems like they never really have anything.
1: They don't have any just, big losses or anything like that. They,
0: yeah like i just don't know what their downside is what is their real challenge you know what's keeping them up at
1: night i don't know yeah it's like i know people get like people like to get the ultramarine shit because they're the they're the poster boys or whatnot it's like they never seem to lose anything i've heard you know similar there have been similar complaints about the space world i mean it's not it's not uh you know it's not unwarranted either and i think the. uh what a lot of the space wolf haters would say would be the the inquisition story that we just talked about from the positives which that mean that kind of makes sense though because it's like you know you know a space one space marine chapter taken on the taken on sticking it to the inquisition without any long-term ill effects that i mean I, I even i got to admit that can be kind of uh yeah that can be a bit much yeah
0: i yeah and you can kind of make it work like yeah they're one of the nine original legions like okay they're not just this 23rd founding chapter trying to put up a fuss like you can kind of get around it but still like yeah there was no repercussions for that um where other chapters you know like the lamenters they've done uh I think they sided on the wrong side during the dab war for like a hot minute. And then they had to go on like a fucking 500 year crusade without being
1: able to recruit new Astartes anymore. Um, And they're still getting their shit kicked in. Yeah. And that's that's not, that's not even remotely close to some of the stuff that space wolves have been accused of doing, which we'll get to in just a little bit, but anyways. Yeah. So, So yeah, there's just that no repercussions for some of their shenanigans. I can, I can understand that complaint. Yeah. But it, it could
0: it. just be that simple thing where it's like, yeah, they did that incident, uh, but then they they did have to do a fifty year penitence crusade, you know, just something small, nothing crazy, but like s- something. Yeah. Um, you wrote here in the negatives
1: alcoholism as a negative. Um, um <laughs> that wasn't real. That was that wasn't me. I just I took a poll in the Discord a while back. Ah. And, you know, to get some different opinions and then one of the one of the uh more vocal of the discord users mentioned that quite often so i'm just like i'll, I'll put it in here to you know <laughs> i'll put it sure. in here for your sake yeah so, yeah but i think we should also make mention too with the whole party and aspect is uh the space marine biology of they can't actually drink regular alcohol like you and i can
0: yeah too efficient
1: Exactly. So they have to brew a very specific type of alcohol that they can drink and get wasted on, but then would kill a human being if they tried <laughs> to drink it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, It's funny that this is like a negative, I guess, when we're talking about like, yeah, in real life, alcoholism is fucking tragic, man. That's a dark fate you can go yeah. down. But we're talking 40K here. We're talking about think- genocidal super soldiers. So is alcohol really the... De- really what we're worried about here
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
0: um borderline heretical see comment about the inquisition savagery and brutality
1: so this was i think this is the same discord venture he or this discord, discord user he always says they're they're borderline uh heretic they're borderline heretical and i mean i could see the mirror in that like compared to uh Oh, so, like, like take your typical ultramarine or your uh, or your Imperial Fist. You know, they'll shoot you. They'll get you with a chainsword. That's it. Space wolves, they have axes. They will come at you and rip you apart if they so wanted to. They, uh, you know, they are so much more brutal in a lot of other ways. Maybe not as much as blood angels, but <clears throat> anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're not drinking blood. But, right? yeah, just, like, some of the stuff they do. Yeah, yeah. Like some of the stuff they do in a fight, you know, Especially if they get it really
0: get into it, yeah. Like, they're they can they can fall to like feralness almost, you know. The um, I don't think you'd call it like bloodlust, but it would be bloodlust, but there'd be a better space wolf name for it wolf lust. No, that's something else, (laughs) 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 yeah. Like, my biggest thought on this borderline heretical is um, the wolf in our back, you got a bunch of crazy space wolf. Astartes running around and you know if a loyalist seen one of those they would be how would they not know that that's a loyalist and not a traitor marine yeah they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to know they would see it as some warp tainted thing yep
1: um yeah so that, that's not completely the space world's fault but like what's what, what's an average imperial citizen going to know like you said
0: yeah yeah it, it's just one of those things where maybe like you know that Forty K now is like an ongoing story, so maybe we'll learn more about the wolfin and kind of maybe the Inquisition will get involved again with the Wolfin or something. We'll see what kind of happens, but I feel like yeah, they kind of they they have these guys that are just they're warp mutated Astartes. That's borderline heresy to me.
1: I mean, it is.
0: It is. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, any other thoughts on this one?
1: Uh borderline heretical now that about sums up the like like i said before like you know these are you know they're definitely well-deserved complaints for sure like (laughs) so yeah uh
0: logan grimnar's demon infused axe yeah just another kind of borderline heretical deed that has been done and that is like okay so you took this chaos champions axe this demon axe and you know, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, that's not allowed. That kind of stuff is not smiled upon in the Imperium.
1: And for context, too, it's just like he's just waltzing around using the axe with no ill effect or whatnot. But I think like one of the great knights was a Castellan crow. Yeah. Yeah, he has a he has a demon infused sword that is whisk, constantly whispering into him all the time. Like, yeah, use, me. use my power use the full power of the chaos cause become our chosen champion so on and so forth and it takes every ounce of his willpower to not use it for that intent or to basically keep it on this person so no one else could be tempted with it
0: yeah and even with castellian crow like he uh
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: He, um, he intentionally, like on tabletop, he, he doesn't even have a power sword, at least in some of the editions. Like, because that weapon, he intentionally does not use it to its full power like he where logan grimnar has no ill effects to using a a demon infused axe for hundreds of years
1: Mm -hmm. and and like i say with castle with castle and crow he's a freaking great knight they are trained specifically trained to handle stuff like this
0: yeah as far as i mean logan
1: grimnar isn't yeah exactly um yeah and you know there are some
0: other examples of uh loyalists taking demon weapons like well we'll bring up calgar again rinius calgar the gauntlets of ultramar they were chaos weapons but i think the big difference with those ones is they're not demon infused
1: yeah i think it was like they were weren't they like originally ultramar weapons but got corrupted by chaos and then calgar took them back or something like that um yeah maybe um I don't recall that, but it could have been added
0: or I just could have missed that part. Maybe I have to read a little bit more of the the origins of the gauntlets.
1: Yeah, because I I think there was a different, there was a different, uh, I
0: guess,
1: there was something different going on with that versus a straight-up corn, cornate axe, you
0: know? Yeah, exactly. Our next little piece here that we wrote hypocritical with psychic power <laughs> but who isn't a uh, hypocrite in 40k yeah so like the whole <laughs> you know they they were huge proponents of no psychers at the council of nikea and stuff and you know yet they have their room priests they have the room priests that no they don't draw from the power of the warp they draw from the power of their planet and it's this weird kind of like well yeah, but that's still warp energy. Like I, I was gonna say, it's like yes, but also no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they they somehow get get in between all this, but maybe maybe with all the runes and stuff, um that would kind of help with kind of some of this like protection so they don't have to use the psychic hoods mm-hmm. and all that. But I don't know, it just seems like one of those things where it, it almost changes the nature of how everyone would interact with the warp if you could just draw powers from your planet.
1: It's like a mixture of like, you know, your typical Psyker warp energy, but also like the orc power of belief, you know, like if enough Mm. people believe it, you know, you can bend reality to around that concept. But I I don't like, I don't like it when those very different ideas mix because then it just kind of dilutes. You know, it dilutes the orcs from how what makes them orcs. It dilutes the space wolves from what makes them space wolves, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I yeah. think there was like a recent lore that I like maybe hinted at, you know, the whole spirit of Fenris thing, you know, might actually have some, some weight to it, but that's thats I do not I d I don't I don't know what to make of it. I haven't actually read the story, but I've heard there were some hints that like there might have been something to there might be something to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it'll be it will be interesting to see how they kind of progress this and like you know where it kind of goes and maybe we'll get some better answers. But at the same time, do we need better answers? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's on DW's writing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, th- this is an odd one with Space Wolves. They don't tend to play well with other chapters. Um, and I I don't Those know why complaint. that would be necessarily.
1: Um, This was another, but like, this is another complaint I've heard from some of the uh, more staunch Space Wolf haters, and I think it, I think that came out of the first part of your Space Wolf uh, episode. Was like it seemed like they got into a lot of fights with other legions, especially like the thirty K Space Wolves. Yeah,
0: and it's like yeah, they I... kind of stick
1: to themselves and whatnot. So it's just like I mean, they're they're loyal to the Imperium, but they're not going to be. Buddy, buddy, and having drinks with like Space Marines of other chapters. Or at least that was my interpretation of yeah. Um,
0: well, like even I think like the big example would be with them and the Dark Angels, and like you have these two founding loyalist chapters who are some of the most powerful uh, armies in the Imperium, but they have a grudge match going on here, and they they won't fight beside each other. And in fact, they do honor duels every every so often just to prove who's better. And it it's just that competition <laughs> thing um it it's kind of cool but yeah like uh, i could see how some people wouldn't like that they just kind of don't like working with other chapters very much but
1: yeah not my, not my but you can one. also easily say i mean you can i mean it's not that big a deal for me but you can also easily say the same thing about dark angels it's like sure. they're so obsessed with the fall It's just like if there's uh i think i was watching listening to a podcast talking about uh uh, the siege of rats. Dark angels show up only because there was like mission to follow me in there. Once I was taken care of, boom, they just dip out. Yeah, just, like yeah. leave the leave, leave the Kriegsmen to their fate.
0: <laughs> the Kriegsmen were happy about that, though. I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. We going to die for the Imperium now. Perfect. All right, today's a good day. Then. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not actually space Vikings is the next downside yeah like they really have drifted far away from the vikings where in 40k you really almost don't even get that viking aspect as much especially visually they just came out with that three sweet 30k Praetorian space wolf model who is
1: like oh man that's viking. one of the coolest space viking right there <laughs> yeah yeah so awesome.
0: yeah where you don't get that like in in 40k, I don't think you see any like Viking ruins on anyone
1: except for Rune Priest. Like a rune priest. Yeah. yeah. And this this one I actually got from listening to uh uh watching a lore YouTuber. I think he I think the argument he was trying to get at is like, yeah, the space was supposed to be like space Vikings, but like that image of a Viking is like this like the quote unquote Disneyland version where it's just like, you know. Furs, pelts, axes, we're going raiding, rah, 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 but there's so much more to, like, the historical Vikings that, yeah. uh you know, don't, that doesn't get shown. I think that's the argument that that, that guy was trying to make. Hmm,
0: sure, sure, sure. Yeah, like, real Vikings, while they were warriors and stuff, they typically were, like, well, at least according to Dan Carlin and the podcast I was listening to. Uh, you know, they they were apprentices for some type of trade first. You know, you'd have your your builders or your farmers and stuff. And then what they'd do is they would go on a raid when they're young to kind of build up that initial bit of wealth for them to then kind of settle down with the family and then kind of just be at peace. But then when they run out of money again, then they're off doing war.
1: Yeah, but then from the YouTuber I was, from that same YouTuber I was listening to, like the historical Vikings, like they did so much better from their trade empire than they did from actual raiding and raiding and whatnot. It's like they can go, they go like as far as, uh, you know, the northern part of France, which is where Normandy comes from because it was from Norse, it was called Norman because of Norse men, aka Vikings. Okay. And then they there were actually some records of like Vikings trading with like uh, down into, down into, like, Sicily and Italy and the the Mediterranean and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. (laughs) Um, But that's what what you don't see in, like, you know, the TVs and the movies or whatnot because it's all just, you know, raiding and violence and war and warriors.
0: Yeah, just barbarians, for sure. It would be interesting, like, okay, so, like, you know, when you close your eyes and you picture Vikings, you obviously will picture, you know, the barbarian, but then the other key element, you'll picture their longship. It would... It would be interesting, like, maybe they should have been a fleet-based chapter or maybe they should have a bigger fleet or make, you know, that a bigger element of it where, yeah, they have. that'd be really cool. Yeah, just kind of another tie-in where ties a little better to the Vikings and the longboats and kind of that aspect of it.
1: Just imagine, like, Space Wolf ships going through the warp and then you actually have, like, giant wars. You know, with servitors and whatnot rowing because imagine the walk like an. Ocean. Oh! shit! I've never.
0: Now that's the most forty k thing ever. Holy fuck!
1: Oh just man! A giant
0: kilometer long ship that's oared by servitors. Oh my god!
1: And then you got the and then you got the space wolves just pounding on the war drums, singing singing sagas and cadences. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking oh,
0: Yeah, so there there could be some more stuff like that where it's like the the Vikings had more to them than wolves and axes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to steal that idea now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh we need to get like a AI art generator to make one of these ships. Um yeah when I was on Grimlore with you boys, um the episode we were talking about Malachith and he's this dark elf eventually well he kind of founds like the dark elves and we were talking about his cool Stone floating ocean fortresses his giant fortress. yeah,
1: and you show and you yeah you messaged me like a picture of one of those of one of those like basically pirate ship castles like in the middle of ocean <laughs> yeah. it. so dope
0: exactly <laughs> now just imagine that but 40K 40k arise you know like yeah man though I think you said it best. The oars
1: on spaceships. Fucking classic. (laughs) Yes. Because the warp is an ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) Holy fuck. Um. Oh
0: man. Um, so the next thing, cultivated bad boy appearance, all talk and no substance. Interesting. Okay. And yeah. I, think that,
1: I think that argument comes from, like, a lot of the boasting, you know, the tale yeah. revealing, you know, folks with tales of their sagas and whatnot, and, uh, yeah. you
0: know. Yeah and, even just being, a story. <laughs> yeah, and even just being, like, the Emperor's executioners and stuff, like, that kind of can rub you the wrong way a little bit. Like, oh, so you think you're just better than the other stars You think you could just go in and eliminate Astartes chapters? Like, oh, okay,
1: <laughs> exactly. And that kind of bleeds into the next bullet point that I got to pull it up real quick. Sorry, I'm just pulling the thing back up. Okay. From Rayway about Russ. Russ speaks to me like a spoiled daddy's boy. Always willing to listen to dad, do as he's told, and have the nerve to call himself a quote-unquote bad boy. He rides the aura of his Viking theme to mask that he isn't actually that brutal. He talks about his strength and how he can kill Primarchs, yet loses against every Primarch he's fought. Angron kicked his ass, left Russ crawling away bleeding. Angron could have and was about to kill Russ, however, chose to savor the victory to freedom point. Quote, you have the audacity to come to me, to insult me, to say you have the moral high ground, and then claim you're here to kill me. I defeated you, and so I'm leaving you lying there. So, you can steal on the fact that you got beaten. You could say Russ won, but no, because if Angron chose to go for the kill, then the Imperium would be down two Primarchs. Not to mention the World Eaters were already weakened from another conflict, and they still lost more Marines. Russ also lost to the Lion for literally the most pointless reason. They then lost to Magnus, or they then lost to Magnus had Biggie not given him the Sisters of Silence. Russ then lost the Horus. He went on a depressed timeout, letting the Sun on the he went on to press timeout, letting his son die. Then, to, then lost to the lion again. Russ was arrogant to a fault. Russ isn't near the isn't near the strongest primarch, nor does he back up his reckless barbarian, only being more of a chained dog. Wow.
0: Okay, so I hadn't heard of a lot of that before. Um... I didn't really know the outcome of a lot of those battles and stuff. That that's so crazy. Yeah. So he's all talk, and then he gets into these conflicts with other badasses, and he's not a badass.
1: Mm-hmm. Very. Um, I knew a little bit about that. The one with Angron. Um, I think technically it was considered a draw, but you know, some people say you know Russ lost pretty bad, and Angron just chose to let him live. Others say uh, you know, a lot of people say it was more of a draw, but you, you I get you can understand. The, I guess why some people would think that. And then the thing with yeah. uh where he fought against Horace, I can't remember the circumstances, but I think like both Russ or Russ was going to kill Horace, but he got wounded pretty bad, so he couldn't do it. But he also like kind of backpedaled because it's like I don't want to kill my own brother or something something like that. I, I can't remember what the what the stupid reason was, but those um, are the yeah. two I knew about.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's kinda like yeah, you're known for being the emperor's executioner, but you haven't done it. You're not there. You're not doing it. The only chapters that apparently you've wiped out, you can't talk about. Very convenient of you, Mr. Russ. Very convenient. Mm
1: -hmm. Which that kind of goes back to the, you know, uh, where was it? That kind of goes back to the all talk and no substance argument that was made. Yeah. Very
0: interesting. I kind of really like that. I think you just ruined Layman Russ as a character for me.
1: Oh he actually wrote something up about how Russ could be better but I'll save that for the uh when we get to that section. Okay cool.
0: Um the the final kind of con we have for them is limited options to create successor chapters. Uh that is until Primaris the Primaris project and all that. Um yeah that is interesting. That was always one of my gripes with people when they'd make successors and they'd make a Space Wolf successor and i just like, "Bud, Read the lore. There are no Space Wolf successors. There's only one of them. We know it's what it's called, and
1: it's not you. (laughs) It's like one of those just follow like these two or three rules that VW's laid out, and you're fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is a downside for sure, but this is kind of how I look at that. Um, I've kind of always hated how when people will come up with a successor chapter, they'll basically just make a knockoff of the parent chapter, where it's like, oh, I want my own space Viking, space wolf chapter, and then they just... It's just like, well, just play Space Wolves, man. Like, You're not changing it enough. You're not really bringing anything new into it. You just want to paint them a different color by the sounds of it. I don't know. It's not quite enough there
1: for me. So what what would we'll do for you like this, uh. Like, say, you wanted to, say, like, you know, just the average painter wants to do something related to wolves, but they don't want it to necessarily be space wolves, but they like the whole space Viking aspect to it, but they don't care for the, the blue-gray coloration. So what what would do it for you to where, you know, that would be acceptable, if, if that makes any sense? Yeah, like, for me, it's always been, it doesn't matter
0: who your, your parent chapter is, because you're not them you could be a Guard successor that really likes wolves because that's the planet that you're from. And and it, you have nothing to do with Guard. You don't have any communication. Like, like you can choose any chapter to me. It's just like, okay, so you're choosing a chapter and you're just slightly changing. It's ever so slightly. It's not even worth the hassle where, yeah, I just don't see the need to have, you know, every Imperial fist successor chapter be, um, Fortification experts, you know, it's just like okay, well, no, do some. They're not tied to each other. They are different organizations. They don't have any control over each other. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, that is, I can, I can, I can understand that.
0: Yeah. So for me, it's just like, yeah, if you want to do a space Viking chapter, just fucking choose Ultramarines. Eighty percent of chapters come from Ultramarines. They can be whatever they want. Um, the, like the thing too about like doing with Space Wolves is then you get like these serious downsides like okay so now do you guys have your own uh wolfen cup of the helix or whatever they call it like do they do they carry that on like okay now rune priests and the power that they draw like there's just so many things that are like you would have to answer in order to do it right but then it's just like okay so now you've answered all these questions the exact same way the space wolves would so now you're just a space wolf what are you up to
1: Right, yeah, I can I can understand why that be why that's a huge downside for both lore reasons and and for just for tabletop reasons. Like, yeah, if you want to do an offshoot in of Space Wolves, well, you can't. So until again the prime the whole the Primaris line came out, yeah. which, you know, some folks have very strong opinions about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm too, I'm too new to actually have any kind of an opinion about it, so I can't really <laughs> speak to it. Like I'm sure you can. <laughs> no, like
0: I said before, you don't have to be informed to have an opinion. That's what I've learned from the internet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I've kind of just. Uh... Like any any eighth edition lore and beyond, like the only eighth edition lore that I really like is the ripping of the galaxy in half. But the rest of it's kind of just like I don't, I haven't been following it. It doesn't really appeal to me.
1: Oh, that was eighth edition. I thought that was like the beginning of ninth. Whoops. No, yeah, <laughs> that was
0: eighth um, edition. But it might have technically even been seventh edition. At the very end, during the Gathering Storm, they did this camp three book campaign book. Uh, And at the end of it, Raboot Gilliman gets resurrected. So I think also
1: at that time too, the galaxy kind of gets ripped in half. Um, Shows what I know. I didn't. I didn't come into the hobby until like the height of Ninth Edition, and this was also during the during the pandemic too. So that was just like I come onto the you know like I come onto the Discord or whatnot, and I'm like looking at all these YouTube lore videos, and everyone's making a fuss about Primaris Marines or. Primark's coming back and so on and so forth. So I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going <laughs> to keep my mouth shut until I know more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: <laughs> yeah. But hey, now, yeah, we got Primaris Marines and as much as I don't like them, they're here and you can make your own Space Wolf chapter now, an actual successor chapter. So that
1: is kind of cool.
0: Like, oh, it would be Primaris. cool to see a There's Space the guy Marine.
1: with an Astro chapter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah hey maybe maybe they come from the space wolves you know and they drink from the cup of the gator
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they venerate the mighty crocodile answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course of course <laughs> yeah it,
0: it would be interesting uh-huh. to do like a successor chapter that kind of just spits in the face of the space wolves where they're like yeah we're not doing any of that shit like we're not we're not wearing wolves. We're not doing any of that.
1: That actually would be kind of fun. I had a, I was talking with one guy on the Discord, and I think he was, he made a, uh, he made a trader, a trader, a uh, Astartes chat warband for this whole purpose of they called themselves wolves, but they solely exist to hunt other space wolves. <laughs> oh, and I thought perfect. you you're going somewhere with that. Keep riding it. Keep going with that one. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: well yeah
0: like there's a lot of good there's a lot of bad how do we make them better
1: all right i'll 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 start the first bullet point chill out with the wolf naming
0: <laughs> i think you need to repeat that just for the people in the
1: back chill out with the wolf naming
0: <laughs> yeah simple fix such an easy fix and i think we kind of came up with a cool solution to that like Lean into the the Frenrigian language if you want to start calling stuff all wolf theme. Lean into that,
1: exactly like um, like a uh, storm shield or something like that. The Norse term for it is skilder. That already sounds like a cool name to apply to anything you could do with, with the space Force You know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like it, it, it's literally that simple. <laughs>
1: Find That's probably cool the Viking easy. word apply. Exactly. That's like the easiest, easiest fix you could probably use right yeah. out, right out of the game.
0: And honestly, that would change probably like, who knows, let's just say 75% of people's mentality on the space wolf is just, you know, when you're looking at layman or Logan Grimnar and his wolf sled, chill out just a <laughs> touch. Think <laughs> you know, they could get more people interested. But.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree it is completely ridiculous, but I still like that one though.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's that fine line of 40k rule of cool. Like I'm going on about fucking kilometer long spaceships with oars, but I don't want this guy in his little his little shed thing. So does it? Does There's it really? Only make so much sense? disbelief here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh the next big thing is have them lose in the lore at times yeah, it just seems like every battle, they kind of come out okay. Even like, you know, their homeworld gets sieged a couple times and they fight off the siege and it's like, okay, so how's your recruiting population now? How are your numbers now? We don't get any of that stuff. Like you you hear exactly. about like, you know, the ultramarines and when they fight in the first tyrannic war, they lose their entire first company and it takes them decades, centuries to build it back up and like Come on, we need we need something like that. We need an actual downside here.
1: I like to get, to go back to the, you know, ultramarines are the poster boys or whatnot, like at least with this new batch of war I've been hearing about is like they're actually going through some pretty good development where they're getting a lot of ultra depression. Like uh the first tyrannic war, Kalgar loses like both of his arms, like half of his body, and his entire honor guard. Yeah you know yeah. stuff like that you know rebuke Gilman coming back he was the great statesman or whatnot great organizer of of all of the primarchs but now he's seeing the state of what the imperium has become and he just he doesn't know what to what to do like yeah that's and then i think uh the, the big the other big one was uh what's it got kata like the biggest glory hound of the ultramarines got humbled Uh, After being lost in the warp or something like that for, I can't remember how long or the specific details, but he suffered quite a few losses and kind of toned, toned down his eagerness a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So just something like that would, and apply it to the Space Wolves, you know, in a way that's unique to them would go a long way as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I've always said, like, when I'm reading people's listeners lore, like, I look for a couple things. I look for, like, what is their purpose in the galaxy? Like, what makes them actually want to go interact with people? And then, you know, obviously, what are what's their gimmick? What makes them them? But more importantly, what is their downside? What is their struggle? What keeps them up at night? We need to know that. And apparently not. I need to think,
1: need to think about that when I'm writing more of my word race lore.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need that killer kind of, you know, negative thing. Uh, In the 5th edition Space Marine Codex, I think this was probably one of my favorite codexes because they had a way that you made your own custom chapters. And they had, um, basically they had a bunch of major, uh, not flaws, what would be the opposite of a flaw? Major perks, we'll call them? Perks, yeah, perks, something like that. Yeah, so they'd have like major perks, minor perks, major flaws, minor flaws. So, and they would they had kind of like this table where it's like if you want a major perk, now you have to take two minor flaws. If you want two major perks, now you're taking four minor flaws. And they had it kind of laid out like that, where it was built in where you're having these issues. You're not just this Mary Sue character. Right. Exactly. Um, you have a comment here. Yeah. yeah see-
1: Oh yes. Okay. So, yep. Yeah. So I so talking over of a way. I also asked after he gave me that whole uh, diatribe about why he can't stand Russ that I, I then asked him how would okay how would you improve it. So this was his response. Personally, I think Russ is well written already in the way he is. Like I don't like him, but I think for the character he is meant to be, I think he's written very well. However, what I would change is Russ one thousand percent being totally loyal to the Big E. A good follow-up would be showing he's grown detached from total loyalty and is a lot more cautious. Writing Russ like heresy-era lion, Lionel Johnson, I think that would be an interesting character arc. A loyalist Primarch who returns but doesn't join the Imperium, and his arc could be one of self-growth and finding himself, growing to see more than what he hears and loses some, but not all of his arrogance.
0: Interesting, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. I think, it, yeah, I, a good way to do that, like uh would be yeah, he comes back as a wolf in, where then it's like, yeah, he's not going to imperial meetings and planning because he's a fucking werewolf thing. Like
1: yeah, I mean
0: he can I then kind of
1: What's to say the Imperium wouldn't see another Xenos or another chaos tainted creature on and try to kill him on site, you know, if he shows up in Imperial space.
0: Yeah, exactly. So kind of just that way he's kind of left to his own devices. He's not Mixing and mingling with too many people, he can really work on himself. Exactly. Cool. Okay, that's insightful, Rayway. I like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> deep thoughts. From Rayway.
0: <laughs> Good <laughs> thoughts from Rayway. <laughs> and if you want more, go check out. Rayway.
1: Hashtag shameless plug. If you like <laughs> Warhammer Fantasy, Rayway and I talk about uh you know different factions in the world of Warhammer Fantasy. so yeah. There you go. Fantastic. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and and all that other good stuff. So here
0: we go. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And what I like about your guys' show is you're open to uh, having other people on. Like I've been on, a couple other Discord members have been on. So I really like that kind of engagement that you're doing.
1: Oh yeah, Mark is in our is a guest in our third episode. So check it out.
0: <laughs> I was honored. <laughs> <laughs> Next point: amp up the Viking imagery and balance out the overall aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. That would just level them out so much more. Tone down yeah, the wolf like,
1: Um Exactly. Then the like the wolf belts, the wolfers, the wolf skulls, wolf, 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 wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, add more runes add more, I don't know, uh orange helmets, add more mm. anything else Viking like, you know, other than just straight up wolf, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um very very easy to do like they already have it so bang on perfect in 30k that yeah like it is possible
1: <laughs> indeed,
0: indeed i, I think i seen that 30k pre if i had 50 bucks it would have been ordered
1: if only it wasn't in resin <laughs> uh, yeah um
0: take up more inspiration from north mythology yeah for sure um for sure absolutely that that's just that's just classic 40k good writing i think like take from themes take from you know history and do all that and yeah kind of put your own unique twist on it like
1: that kind of makes me want to think now it's just like what if we do like eldar the themed around the uh alpine and smarts Pine, and you know oh not just like not just like craft world eldar and jukari but like you know, actual Eldar but Norse mythology Eldar. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And see yeah. how like and see how like space wolves would interact with stuff like that. That would be cool. Yeah,
0: that would be like a sweet preferred enemy to have. You know, like and Yeah. I and mean. have
1: like a and then have like a Votan league that like well actually the, the leagues as a whole kind of have that Norse naming scheme from them so that that might not be a good example but like still do a lot of trading with Votan because they're space dwarves and dwarves are very common in Norse mythology so
0: yeah 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 so there could just be some more some more tied in you know I agree yep introduce more frost and ice themed weapons um yeah what is go ahead no you
1: Oh, no, this this came from uh, another uh, Discord user that uh, and it goes back to the, like the, the you know, chilling out with the wolf menu thing instead of like the wolf axe, like, you know, the, have it like the frost axe or the icicle or the ice side or something like that and have it give it like a uh, like a freezing effect, kind of like Kratos' Leviathan axe or something like that. Just, just something a little bit different, but still you can easily identify it as something unique to, to the space wolves.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just reading about frost axes and how they work. The cutting edge of frocks frost axes are often made from energized diamond, giving them the appearance of the blade forged from purest ice. Other times for those with the courage and skill, oh, that one doesn't matter.
1: <laughs>
0: Whatever. They also use cracking teeth sometimes. But yeah, like that's cool. Like this is a good way to do it where uh they're not actually using like frost weapons, but it has that appearance. I kind of like that where you know it's not like it's not actually this wisping blue energy off the blade. It's like shimmering diamonds that look like it. I, I really like that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Or and, like I, I think I I think the, the guy that suggested this improvement or whatnot, like uh gave like a whole STC idea of like it's it looks like an ice weapon because in the STC like it's that energized diamond, and then when it comes into contact with, with something it like it takes all the thermal energy out of that or yeah, it like draws all the thermal energy out of whatever it hits. so it so basically you're freezing it to death too, which creates that which makes it look like, oh, you're holding an uh, ice axe or a frost axe or something which you know that's what it would yeah. look like
0: that's yeah, that's cool visual for sure, yeah. Um, I know they have one other kind of like crazy uh, weapon, Frost Cannon Space Wolf. Let's see what that does, what it's called. Hell Frost Cannon. And it's a type of specialized weapon used by the Space Wolves. These weapons can focus fire, uh, can fire focused or dispersed beams of sub-zero energy at their targets that instantly encase them in blocks of ice, uh, colder than the vacuum of space. Huh. <laughs> Unless the foe can break free quickly, cool. they will be trapped in the Glacier Tomb forever. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah. I've heard of heat-based weapons before. That makes sense. Ooh,
1: what would be cool is if, like, like a Bifrost cannon where, you know, it's just like a giant cannon that shoots off, like, beams of energy, like the Bifrost from the, the Thor movies. Yeah. Because, like, that's, like, hard. I think I think it's, like, they call it, like, hard light or something like that. That just, like, you know, and it can, you can have, like, the heat wave and tell it that. Wave elements to it or whatnot, but that that would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some more things that they could do with that for sure instead of shooting wolf bullets.
1: <laughs> wolf,
0: wolf, wolf,
1: wolf, wolf, wolf,
0: wolf. <laughs> uh, make some name characters more independent of the Imperium as opposed to treating all of them like loyal lap dogs. Hmm. I'm not totally sure. I know enough about Space Wolf characters o- overall. I know they have some that are like, you know, like Lucas the trickster. He would be a good example for whoever wrote this. Go read about him, and you'll see like a a non stereotypical Space Wolf, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, I I get this. I get the sentiment because of the uh, you know, because we, we talk about how they're so loyal to the Imperium. That's just like. You know, you can make some that are a little bit more independent but may not necessarily, you know, fall into chaos too. Yeah. Um something something. I think I think that's what they're were, they were trying to go with. Yeah. Well I made that argument. I'm just picturing right now Imperial Knight
0: Free Blades, where they are uh Imperial Knights who have left their house for some type of quest, whether it's vengeance or redemption or whatever it may be, and they leave. All the other knights and they go on their journey and only after they complete it do they go back to their house and, you know, then they have a great feast. That would be a cool little uh character type, you know, a unique kind of position in the chapter. These kind of these guys that go on their own saga sagas, these lone wolves that actually go out by themselves and are not just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a lone wolf. But right next to me is 10 fucking space wolves.
1: Oh, oh, that reminds me. I when I start when I got started in the hobby, I grabbed one of the like get started books for ninth edition. And there was a space wolf story about a lone wolf. He went out to hunt a kraken in honor of his fallen squad that took him in, but they all got killed like by uh Nurgle like plague marines or something like that. So he is the last survivor of his squad. So the only thing that he feels like he can do to honor them and bringing honor back to himself is to go out and hunt a, and hunt a kraken by himself
0: yeah it's a that's, pretty cool
1: story actually yeah
0: i i feel like there's a couple examples like that um the only thing i i i would like to see it expanded where these kind of examples they seem so localized on fenris um what i would like to see like yeah you just find a random space wolf on the opposite end of the galaxy doing what he's doing just
1: him and that's and that was the cool part about this particular space story that I read was he was on a completely different planet. Oh, okay. Like he was, yeah, he was only there because like he heard rumblings of like a deep sea creature or something. So he thought, you oh. know, if I can't find a crack, in that that'll do. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, so then yeah, these, these kind of characters kind of kind of exist
0: then to some degree. I I would love to see more of the the actual true lone lone wolves. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, where... I, I agree with that.
0: Where it's they're out for their own independent personal goals, not necessarily the goals of the Imperium. Right. Uh, And the last thing we kind of wrote down was confirmation bias. Hate is going to (laughs) hate.
1: Because at the end of the day, sometimes you just can't change a person's mind no matter what you do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the case? Well, yeah. I hope this changed some people's minds. I hope the haters now like them, and I hope the people who like them now hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I hope
1: that's what happened. To you. I know, and then we'll just get a, like a complete switch in like the Discord, where I was, was like, now the other half of the Discord is like, oh, space wolves, and the other half is like, oh no.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I need to start that. Just start fucking with people and start, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll redo another <laughs> space wolf episode on Lorehammer Main, when I'm just suckling at their, their. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man
0: I like it yeah very cool like every faction has so much potential and every faction has so many cool things and so many things that you would change but that's life
1: yeah and I'm actually surprised when we went into as length as we have about this because like I like I didn't think we were going to get I didn't think we were going to go that in depth because of, of all the bullet points but 'Cause I also wrote down the one for the towel as well. Yeah. So but that's probably but given how long we're going, that's probably gonna have to be its own episode. So yeah. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, no, uh let us know what you guys think of these faction fixes because if you enjoy it, yeah, we'll make sure that you know, I'll announce when we're gonna do kind of what would you fix for this faction. We'll try to get all these ideas a little more compounded, whatever. But yeah, I had a great time doing it. Um I learned a lot, actually about Russ and him being a fucking bitch ass boy. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking getting handed to him by every Primark he meets. That's fun.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of fun stuff. And yeah. and like even for the even for the folks that already like the space Wolves, it's like you know, there are some negative things that I mean, are there are some complaints that are pretty well deserved too. So yeah. And I, I, I'll get it, and I'll and I'll say it out there right now because I know I said it on Discord before. But I like the space wolves. I'm not. <laughs> ra- I am not fanatically rabidly obsessed with them.
0: <laughs> I do like the space wolves. I am rabid with them, though. Now
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Oh, the man. switch is happening. It's it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> cool.
0: No, this was a great episode. Um, If you guys want to still add stuff to this conversation, check us out on Discord. Uh, Tell us what you like. Tell us what you dislike about the Space Wolves. I think we're going to do a Tau one of these eventually here. So maybe reach out and add to this Tau one. Do you like Tau? Are they fish people or are they cow people? I recently heard that they were camel people the other day. Oh, that's new. That is new. So, you know, we got to dig deep into the feet of Tau and see what's really underneath the hoof.
1: Well, if you want to contribute to this discussion, the my question is simple. What do you like about the Tau? What do you not like about the Tau? And then what would you need to improve it? And then Perfect. answer those questions in a Discord. And that's, that's yeah.
0: <laughs> that's easy. That is easy.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, thanks,
0: everyone, for listening. Thanks, Gerald, for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be back on.
0: Uh, I know this isn't your standard listen to lore episode, but if you have lore for your army that you would like to submit, you can submit to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and we would love to read them off. Uh, Rayway and Gerald have been doing a great job of uh, reading stories while my computer's been fucked.
1: Always happy to help.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see you guys all on the next episode of Lorehammer Listen to Lore.
1: Adios. Have a good one, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you
1: next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.